all these hang-ups and habits and things that are distracting you in your life, that Jesus is able to take care of that today. The things that you don't like about yourself, Jesus can take care of that today. He's able. You just give it to him. In Matthew chapter 12, in verse 9, It says, and when he was departed thence, talking about Jesus, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? And that they might accuse him. And Jesus said unto them, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep? And if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? Well, how much then is a man better than sheep. You got to see yourself the way God sees you. He's about to do a miracle. He wants to do a miracle in your life. He wants to change something about you. You need to see what he's saying here, how much better he thinks you are than anything else he created. That's the creator putting us in line, that we're more valuable than anything else he ever made. He knows you've got problems. He knows you've got things that are not right. He knows you've got things that are broken in your life, but he still says, how much better? Then he said to the man in verse 13, the man that had a withered hand, stretch forth thine hand. He didn't take him by the hand. He just asked him to obey him. Stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole, like as the other. Let's remember that guy. Now let's talk about another guy right quick. Luke chapter 18, verse 18 through 25. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments do not kill or do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, all these have I kept from my youth up. And when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. When he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. When Jesus saw he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. I want to preach for a few moments on this. His best for my worst. His best for my worst. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and thank you today for your presence that we have felt. So thankful that you're mindful of us to just... Bless us and be here with us. Help us, heal us, strengthen us today. Bless the preaching of your word, Lord. Help me to say something that's acceptable, that'll help your people, that'll encourage us today, that'll change our life. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give him one more hand clap and shout of praise. I'm going to swap mics. Like I want to use my hands when I'm preaching. There's a saying, if you're in 
contest or you like, especially if you like dog shows, they'll have somebody, uh, they'll name one of the animals best in show. That's what we want to be. We want to be the best in show. We want to be perfect. It doesn't matter what's going on. We want to put forth the image that we are all good. Hey, it's all good. We are at our best. Nothing's going on. I'm okay. I'm all right. We want to cover up the bad, the damaged, the broken. And we want to accentuate the positive and play down the negative. We want to hide failure and weakness. But the problem with doing that is we may get so good at hiding it, we get to a point that we feel like there's nothing really wrong with us at all. It becomes dangerous ground. I read about two men, one man who had an obvious affliction in his body. He had a withered hand. And another man who, he had some faults of his own, but there were none that we could see right off the bat. He wanted to know from the Lord, good master, what can I do to have everlasting life? And he said, well, why do you call me good? Do you, do you know who I am? Because there's one good, and that's God. He said, well, you know the commandments. And he began to recite commandments. The, the young man said, well, that's good, because I've done all these from my youth. I've kept all this stuff. And let me tell you, Jesus sees the awards that we give ourselves. I can, I can promise you we can quote scripture and, and Bible verses and recite the books of the Bible and do all the right things and say all the right things and still Jesus sees what we lack. But you see, what we want to do is put our best in show up. That's right, Lord, I've done all that. That's who I am. I'm the, uh, I've kept it all from my youth. I, this ain't new to me, Lord. I've been doing this my whole life. And Jesus said, and yet you still lack something. There's still something missing from your life. There's something that, that you don't have. And, and uh, I'm here to tell you today what that is. Take what you've got, sell it, and distribute it to the poor. Take up your cross and follow me. He, said, he was very sorry because he was very rich. His problem was that he wanted to put forth his best and he couldn't accept when Jesus showed him his worst. Jesus simply, you asked the question, what do I have to do to have everlasting life? And the Lord simply told him, this is what I need you to do. I'm glad for what you have accomplished, but there's still something that you lack, something that you need to do. Jesus sees us just as we are. In his presence, we want to present our best, but often the best that we can give him is simply our worst. You know, that, hey, that's it. Sometimes, Lord, all I can give you is it, what you see. If there's ever been a truer statement made to anybody, if you made this to the Lord, what you see is what you get because he sees it all. You know, we say that to some people, but you know we've got, we're, high, we're good at hiding stuff. And maybe it, this is what you see and this is what you think you get. But the Lord knows what's going on in your life. And he knows Hey, what I see is what I get, but that's okay. That's what I want. Sometimes the best that I can give him is my worst. The best that I can give him is my mistake, my failure, 
where I slipped up, where I fell short, where I've broken things and messed up my life. Sometimes that's all I've got to give him. And that's the story of the man with the withered hand. You know, we think that he just automatically came out and said, hey, look at this hand. But we don't, we don't know that. I would think probably that he, he might have kept it. I don't want people staring at that while I'm, in, while I'm going to town. I don't want people seeing that. And, and Jesus just said, stretch forth your hand. You know what we would have done? We would have showed him the good hand. Because we want the Lord to see the best. I'm just like everybody else. There's nothing wrong with me. Look at this. I, Shake my hand, say how strong a grip I got, Lord. But sometimes we just need to stretch forth the worst. And when he stretched forth that withered hand, when he sent that that old, I don't know what it looked like. I mean, just I, I try to think in my mind, just curled up and, and probably very thin. You ever had a cast on your arm? You see how thin your arm gets with a cast and just thin and look, just no movement, no nothing. And all of a sudden, Lord, this is all I've got. We'll stretch it forth. And God begins to give you his best for your worst. There's things in our life that are broke. There are things in our life that are undone. There are things in our life that hurt us. There are things that trouble us. There are things in our life that have withered. And the, we try because we don't want nobody to think something's wrong. You know, People used to be encouraged that they could come to church and find a place where they could go to the altar and leave it there. But we've become a generation of people that are afraid to approach the altar for fear of judgment. Well, those Pharisees knew that guy had a bad hand. Let's see if if Jesus will heal him on the Sabbath day. Why would you not be excited if he would heal him any day? Just let's, let's watch this show. Let's see what he'll do. Let's see, if, uh, let's see with this guy right here now in the synagogue, right here with all these holy people around. Let's, see, let's, let's just let him stay broke. Let's see if Jesus would heal him anyway. And he said, how much better is a man than one of your animals? If your animal fell off in a ditch, you'd go get him out. If he fell in a hole, you'd get him out. How much better is this man created in God's image? How much better is he? So, hey, sons, I ain't worried about these guys. Stretch forth your hand. Can I tell you that when you come to the altar, the Lord's not worried about nobody else's opinion. He's not worried about what nobody else thinks because you're better to him than any other creation he's made. Just bring him your worst, and he will absolutely give you his best. Because I can promise you, on your best day, and I'm on my best day, I'm not worthy, and I need the Lord. But I still, sometimes we think that God don't see it all, but he sees it all. I want to be like the leper that ran to Jesus when he came down from the mountain. Don't you know he was part in that crowd like the Red Sea? Because they weren't supposed to be around other people. And he... He knew, but he also knew, this is my help. And he runs to Jesus with that affliction in his body and falls down and says, if you, if you will, you can make me whole. And the Lord said, I will. But before he ever healed him, 
He touched him. You know, you, in the Old Testament, you read, you can't even sit on a bed that belonged to a leper. You can't touch anything that a leper touched or you'd be unclean. You surely couldn't touch one, but your uncleanness doesn't scare God. It don't affect his holiness. And so that holy God touches what's unclean, touches what's undone, and immediately that man's skin was brought back and he was made whole because he wasn't afraid to come to Jesus at his worst so he could get his best. The psalmist said in Psalm 39 and 5, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. It doesn't matter how good I get on my own, it's still vanity. It's in vain if I don't have Jesus. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. We need a touch from Jesus. Isaiah 1 and 18, the Lord said, Come now and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. There ain't nothing. Maybe you feel like you've been dyed in the wool failure. Dyed in the wool sinner. Dyed in the wool disappointment. The Lord said, I can get that stain out. Hello? The Lord said, I can get that stain out. Man, we can't even get hot sauce stains out of our shirt. But the Lord, he can get that, that stain of disappointment and ugliness of our life and, and make us white as snow. Isaiah 64 and 6 said, but we are all, all of us, from the pulpit to the door. We are all as an unclean thing and all of our righteousnesses as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Friend, without Jesus, we don't have anything. Without him, we are nothing. And all the ugly that was in our life, he took it away. The Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things are made new. Our only offering on our best day, I don't care how new the suit is, how pressed the shirt is, how good the cologne smells and how fine your hair is fixed. When you come to that altar, all he sees is what you lack. And sometimes we, we, we lack we lack big when we come to him. But that's all right. That's the way he wants it. There's a, a story in scripture. Jesus tells a parable. He said there are two men came into the temple to pray. One man, a Pharisee, he lifted his eyes up to heaven. He said, I thank God that I'm not like this sinner. But I give tithes and I fast twice in the week and uh, you know, I, I'm just so glad that I'm so righteous and so good and so holy. And It said the sinner would not even lift his eyes up to heaven, but smote himself on his breast and said, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus said, who do you think went to his house justified? Well, the sinner. Because he brought his worst so he could get the Lord's best. This other guy said, look what I can do. Look what I've done. Look what I've built. Look what I am. And the Lord sees, but your heart ain't right. 
I'm telling you today, your heart can be right. And, and you may still slip and slide and fall sometimes, but friend, you'll have help in Jesus. You'll have help in Jesus. Oh, on our best day, we could not offer a sacrifice that was be holy and acceptable to God. And he already knows that. He knows that you can't bring anything to him except who you are. He doesn't want us to be fake and offer what we think will please him or maybe what won't be offensive to others. I remember the night I came to the altar, fell down, boy, like Paul when he said I was the chief of sinners. I couldn't even, my mind was clouded with all the things that I had done in my life. And so I felt like the only way to get them out was to start just confessing. I was like, it was just, they were jumbled up. And, it, and in the middle of all that, I heard, it was like this voice was saying, stop, stop, don't say all that, don't say all that, people are going to hear it. And man, I'm telling you, the Lord encouraged me, and I didn't even know how to pray. I just said, I don't care who hears what. I got to get this out. I got to get it off of me. I, gotta, I, gotta, I just got to get it away from me and, and give it to him. And all I know is when I was done, they wouldn't, I couldn't think of anything else to say. Well, I felt the power of the Lord. And I knew that as bad as I was, he was willing to fix me. And I, I came and brought him all the worst that I had done in my life. That's, uh, that's our message of Repentance. The Bible says it's not the Lord's will that any perish, but all would come to repentance. And that's what uh, our whole message is built on, repentance. Jesus said, preach repentance and remission of sin in my name. So Peter started preaching that on the day of Pentecost. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You know what that is? That means you just brought him your worst and he's going to give you his best. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, to your children, and all who are far off. That's us. Acts 3 and 19 said, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Repent. Lay your worst at the altar and you get his best in return. You can come to the music. I wasn't going to be long. I just I wanted to feel like somebody needs to know today. You've been trying to cover it up, hide it. But God can fix things. You don't have to hide anymore. God can take scars away from your body so you don't have to hide them anymore. God can take things away from you. You don't have to hide. You don't have to hide. The Bible says we have an inheritance waiting on us. In 1 Corinthians 6, and 11, Paul went down a list of things that damage our life. He said, don't you know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate abusers of themselves with mankind, not thieves, not covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, some of them people are probably nice. Yeah. You ever seen one of those crime news reports and they find out some guy in their neighborhood was a 
serial killer, and they were like, I've never known it. He was so nice, helped me cut my grass, took out my garbage. I was a very nice guy. Ate lunch with him, very personable. Never knew it. He said, don't, don't be deceived on your best day. These things are the things that God sees. And it would be bad if that's all we had to look forward to. But then he said in verse 11, and such were some of you. But you are washed and you are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. The Lord said, I took your worst and I washed you and I sanctified you and I justified you in my name and by my spirit. In other words, I've made it like it never happened. When that guy stretched forth that hand, he said it was made whole like the others, just like it had never been withered at all. Hey, aren't you that guy? I am. Let me see that hand. Well, I can't tell. Oh, Jesus does good work. <laughs> I could bump into some people from my old high school days and they would say, wasn't you that guy? I was. But you don't look the same. Jesus does good work. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm telling you. He will give us his best for our worst. Stand with me. In Isaiah 61, as we get ready to pray and make our way toward the altar, I want you to hear about God's exchange program. Isaiah 61 and 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. That's what I've done to you today. The Lord says he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. But verse 3, he says, I'm going to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion and give them beauty for ashes. I'm going to take the worst and give them something beautiful. The oil of joy for mourning. We've got people that have been mourning loss and that's all right. We grieve and it's part of it. But God's got joy for you. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Why does he do that? So that they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. And then in verse 10, there's a testimony. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. We read earlier where he said our, our garments our righteousness was like filthy rags. But he said, he has covered me with a robe of righteousness, his righteousness. It's just like that prodigal son that came home, filthy, muddy, dirty, 
just haggard from living with no food, smelled bad from working in a hog pen. And the father said, bring me a robe, bring me the best robe and put it on him. Let's cover him because nobody needs to see what's happened to him. I'm going to take care of it. And I'm sure he was like, Father, you know, you know, don't. He said the father fell on him and hugged his neck. Don't do that. You don't know where I've been. He said, I don't care where you've been. You're my son. You were lost and you're found. You were dead, but you're alive. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you smell like. I don't, I don't care what your clothes look like. I'm going to take the best robe and wrap you in it. I'm going to put shoes on your feet and a ring on your hand and we're going to go in and celebrate and we're going to kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a rejoicing because you are here. The prodigal son came home at his worst and the father gave him his best. Restored him. Let him sit at his table and eat. Didn't put him out there with the servants. Didn't put him out back. Didn't care about this is my son. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. God's ready to cover some people today. If you got something wrong, something broke, something messed up in your life, God can cover it. God's got this. I promise you there ain't nothing going on in your life that's new to him. God's got this. There ain't nothing broken in your life that he can't fix. God's got this. He's got it covered. I said it earlier. One of the saddest, saddest thoughts to me ever is that someone would ever leave this world and not know how good God is and not know what he can do. But today's your opportunity to taste and see that the Lord is good. And all the wrong and all the hurt and all the past can be covered today. While she's playing this morning, I'm going to open the altar. And would you just bring your worst and get God's best. Maybe you've got some bitterness, some anger, some unforgiveness. Maybe that's your worst. Maybe there's something you're struggling with nobody else knows about, but God knows. Oh, he loves your worship. He loves you in church, but he knows where you're lacking. And if you feel like, I know you see that, God. Why don't you come lay it down today? Would you come and just bring your worst and let God give you his best? God's got it covered. you mm-hmm.
thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. God, we praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Before we, before we dismiss, I know that it's hard sometimes to just, you can hear it said, you can even believe it, but sometimes it's just hard to act, hard to do. So before we go, I want us to pray one more time in this building together so you can pray right where you are. that God would help you just let go of that worst. Because I feel like people in here today that really want God to move in their life, but you just, man, you got such a grip. And sometimes it's like a security blanket. It's just, well, that's all I know. It's just like, you know, uh, an animal that, that gets used to, to being in a cage all his life, and then you open the door and he doesn't even come out because... He doesn't know anything but living in that place. And you've lived in this place in your life just so long that it's almost become a comfort because at least it's familiar, I know. And stepping out into that freedom that Jesus gives can be a little unnerving sometimes. It's, it's, hey, when weight, when you let go of weight, you feel different. It may even make you... It, you're used to walking with all that weight and you'd let go of it. You'll walk a little different. It's, it's unnerving, but it'll be the best thing you've ever done. So now just one more time, let's lift our hands and lift our voice one more time. And I want to give you another opportunity for you to lift your hands and just say, Lord, here it is. I'm, it's hard. I want you to lift no closed fist, no open hand, open palms. Like I... I I'm not holding on to anything. Would you pray one more time? Oh, I surrender it all to you today, Jesus. I give it all to you, God. Every mistake, every failure, all the hurt, God. Oh, oh, Opening up the prison doors today. Let's step out of it. Come on, step out. Step into that place that Jesus wants you to be. Oh. Samba kaye anana mosi andala la bosa. Oh, that's it. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Ha! I'm free. Don't you just say that to yourself? I'm free. I'm free indeed. The Son make you free. You shall be free indeed. He's not going to trick you, deceive you. Lord, He can deliver to the utmost, the Scripture says, to the uttermost. What a Savior. I hope this has helped you today. 
And I hope that you will taste and see that the Lord is good. It's the best life going. Thank you for being in service today. If you don't have a home church and you're visiting today, love to have you. Be with us anytime you can. This is what we do. We worship the Lord. And we love him and let him love us back. Tomorrow night, uh, there will be prayer meeting going on here. My wife and I will be at the hospital, but uh, remember to pray for her tomorrow. But they will be having prayer meeting tomorrow here at 7 o'clock. So uh, please be here. And they, they'll be able to do anything you need, pray with you, baptize you, anything, whatever. We, it's, church will still be going on just like it always does. So have a great day. Remember the, the wedding shower uh, after service today. And uh, just be blessed and know that Jesus loves you very much today. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.